Hello, listener, and welcome to episode four of Feckin' Football, the podcast about Feckin' Football. And I am your host, Toomey. And of course, I don't reveal my first name, but my surname is Toomey. And this week, to be completely honest, I haven't watched much football. But don't worry, it's okay. I've got my good friend in who watches football 24-7 around the clock, Ross Sambra at the King of Ping. He was on a couple of weeks on Feckin' Football and he put in a top-class debut performance, uh, stole the show, downloads flowing in, and then I went back solo the following week and the downloads went down again. So <laughs> I have reached out again to Ross Sambra at the King of Ping. Um, the the show is now relying on Ross Ambra after a couple of weeks and uh, yeah we had a great chat I'm just recording this after a chat we talked about interesting things like uh, Leinster Senior League in lockdown we talked about the League of Ireland season and uh, what stood out from that and the style of football being played in League of Ireland uh, we also talked a li- we touched a little bit on Ross Ambra's career which I think we will have to come back to again um, his, his exploits playing uh, or getting towards the Bray Wanderers uh, first team and we also uh, spent a bit of time at the end talking about the weekend's Premier League fixtures um, and I was as I was saying to Ross I was honest I didn't watch that many of them because I had a very busy week weekend but fuck it I can I can talk on a podcast about football anyway uh, with minimal research and not really watching the matches but there you go um so i hope you enjoy it uh ross at the king of ping is coming on the line now and sit back relax and listen to us talk about football at the king of ping 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 is coming on the line now at the king of ping at the king of ping the king of ping is coming on the line now at the King of Ping, relax and listen to us talk about football. It's great to have you on the line tonight, Ross. Thanks for having me back to me. Always glad to be on. Yeah, uh, your uh, your debut was a great success, actually, with, with downloads uh, well into the uh, triple figures. Uh, did you get any feedback yourself on that? Yeah, I got a good few like uh, texts and tweets and that just saying uh, whether they agree or disagree. And I think obviously when you talk about Ireland, especially, um, you kind of get people's interest. So like, like if I was just on say talking about United, you might only get the United fans, but because it was Ireland, it kind of includes everyone, and everyone has an opinion on them. So. I think that might have helped, you know, to get a little bit more feedback and more people interested in listening, you know. There's a lot of opinions out there, all right. A, a lot of opinions. <laughs> all, any opinion you can imagine on Ireland, you'll find yeah, it on Twitter. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, and I suppose, yeah, the, the thing about that is you've you've built up quite a, a network of, like, not fans, but, like, people who you chat to football about online. Yeah, like, I suppose even with Twitter, like, you're kind of constantly 
like interacting with people and like when there's matches on or like reacting to you know things that happened in you know the football world and that so I suppose it's just the next really uh, an extension of Twitter the, the podcast you know so yeah I suppose a, a lot of people we would I would have shared some kind of uh, thoughts with over the years we're kind of getting back in touch uh, about things as well you know yeah but I guess these are also people you would have like met during your career and like uh, just around the Irish football scene you're very kind of uh, yeah prominent. definitely like <laughs> yeah kind of played with it and against I suppose over the years in like the Lancer Senior League or before that even from Bray and and things like that so yeah definitely it's kind of a culmination of the last maybe 15 or 16 years playing football and even coaching and things like that so yeah that definitely you kind of build up a, a network of people and you know I think they were probably interested in hearing what what we thought about Ireland and that you know yeah so there's no pressure then this time <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. there'll, be, there'll be some people listening anyway um, but yeah you were talking you mentioned there um, Leinster Senior League I wanted to start uh, this sort of chat that we have with asking about Leinster Senior League, so in Ireland, some certain sports like Gaelic football, like at the kind of uh, more amateur level, even though all Gaelic is amateur, but at the sort of local level, it's it's kind of it seems to have been more on than Leinster Senior League football. Would would that be your impression of it, or? Yeah, like I suppose from from my point of view, like uh, I play for Wayside and we play in the top league in Leinster at the moment, and we haven't had a game now since I th- I think it was August. That was the end of the twenty nineteen twenty twenty season. Ended up being and it was I think it was it was either August or September, but we haven't actually restarted our league this season yet because of obviously COVID and the lockdown and that. Now. I don't really know. I know there was kind of the GAA club championships went ahead um, with with the Gaelic and that now, but I suppose it, we're deemed to be maybe not at an elite level and they are an elite level. Now, I don't know how how that's determined to be honest with you it, it's obviously it's very frustrating for us uh, like even going back two weeks we had six weeks without we weren't even allowed to go training you know and you know like obviously you lose fitness very quickly and uh, I think it, it's something that uh, that challenged all our team you know we, we literally just want to get back to train and like maybe with a view to playing at some stage and again like we don't know when our next match is going to be um that's the bizarre it's a, there's, yeah, no, there's it's, no plan of when the league will start again no like there's been pr- pretty little co- um kind of communication from the league now i know their hands are kind of tied with what the government are going to say they don't know if the government are going to come out and say obviously kind of the the narrative at the moment is that there's going to be another lockdown in January which will kind of eliminate any matches but we kind of don't know what like even coming back training we don't know what type of training to do should we be doing a pre-season in order to start the league in January or is it going to be further into the year by the time we're playing we really don't know what to be doing at the moment you know now I know a few teams in our league had decided not to even come back training before Christmas they they kind of uh, foresaw that we're not going to be back playing matches so they just I suppose let the let the lads do whatever they wanted in terms of keeping fit in gyms or maybe going to like local Astros or whatever to, to play five and six aside but uh 
you know, I think some teams have just decided that they're not going to, you know, uh, go back training them when they don't know when the next match is going to be. Yeah, it's hard to know whether to just, like, take a break or if you... I'd imagine it's quite start-stop at the moment. Yeah, and, oh, it really yeah. is. And, like, just, I suppose, from my point of view, after having six weeks off, like, I've been doing my own training and just trying to keep, you know, fit and that. But I really missed the training with the lads because, like, this... There's only so much running that you can do on your own or, you know, you, you lose the sharpness of the football part of it, you know. So even for the last two weeks, I was glad just to get back training. Now, we didn't do anything heavy or anything like that. There wasn't much running involved, but you got to kind of play or like get a touch on the ball and, you know, have that kind of interaction with the rest of the players, which was, you know, it was great from my point of view. I, I That's something that I really missed, uh, you know, with the six weeks that we had off. Yeah, and did they allow you to play like small-sided games, like five-a-side or... Or well, it's it's doing? still non-contact, so it, you're kind of we're limited to fifteen players in in a pod, and yeah, non-contact. So we've been kind of we've been definitely adhering to that, just because you know we just don't want to get in trouble, and we don't want to have any kind of cases in the club. And to be fair, the club itself have been really good and very strict in terms of COVID stuff. Um, we have a, we think we have more than twenty schoolboy teams as well, and you know we've COVID officers for each team, and there's no kind of overlap between junior and senior training so everything from the club's point of view has been done by the book and we're you know following all the advice from the government but we kind of would like to know when they're when we're going to be playing next just to you know have something to you know train towards and look forward to i suppose in 2021 yeah and i remember when the lockdown uh, first came about i saw some wayside players on yourself doing some social media stuff like uh, jokes yeah and banter and all that type of thing yeah but you can't really keep doing that for eight months no, you can't get it, to the stage it, where it's it a bit of a pretty quickly you know like it, yeah. we, what we did was kind of like a teammates uh, an old kind of soccer am type thing where we basically gave out about some of the lads on the team who weren't good at training or, and that sort of thing. And, you know, we, we had a laugh. in the shower? Ah, that sort of thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we had a laugh, I think, for a few weeks and we had, like, a lot of the lads did buy into it and, like, did a little video on that. But, as you said, like, you can't be doing that for eight, nine months, you know what I mean? We got we got our four, four or five weeks out of it, but that was about it. Yeah, well, well, it's good anyway that you're back doing a bit at the moment to keep you ticking over and, and hopefully... Like, you never know about the lockdown in January, but it, it seems like maybe if you plan for that mentally in your head, it's a good way to, to approach it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is. So, Mid-February. February the 23rd, you'll be back. I'm gonna... <laughs> I think the League of Ireland is back around that time. There you go. I think it's the, it's the third week in February, I think, the League of Ireland will be back. So, yeah, it'd be nice even to kind of marry up the two the, the two that we'd be on the same schedule as, the, as them as well, you know. It, it might make sense even just for 2021, you know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, not too long to go anyway. And uh, so on the feckin' football show, we talk about usually about the Premier League. Um, but now that I have you here, I also wanted to, to talk about the League of Ireland uh, situation at the moment. The season has just ended. Shamrock Rovers winning the, the Premier League and uh, Dundalk winning the FAI Cup there uh, just last week. Um, so... Um, how would you rate the season overall? Just, I'll just get a few thoughts on you on the, on the season in general. 
What did you yeah, think? Yeah, I suppose again for everyone it was a, a strange one. I think for the in the Premier League, I think they'd played five games before the the initial lockdown hit. So uh, I think Rovers were. I think they either won four to five or five out of five. So they were kind of were winning the league from the first day to the last day. So um, I suppose it was a bit odd that the remaining thirteen games were played behind closed doors no one would have had any kind of experience of doing that uh, in the past you know um and they went undefeated yeah exactly they they went undefeated now it was only an 18 game season um so they did go undefeated and to be fair they they were miles better than everyone else this year they just I, i actually think they only had maybe three draws in in the league as well so like they they won the league by a fair amount um i think bows finished second and dundalk third now i think dundalk kind of slipped back a little bit in terms of maybe when they came back from the lockdown they realized that they probably needed to win all 13 games to have it any chance of winning the league and once they kind of slipped up in the first couple after the lockdown they kind of took their eye off the ball in terms of the league and you know I suppose their European run then was kind of more in focus for them you know and obviously they had a great run they got to the Europa League group stages which just finished there um, on Thursday when Arsenal beat them in, in Lansdowne Road so I suppose they did get a lot out of, out of the season in the end as well winning the FAI Cup and qualifying for the group stages of the Europa League it, it hasn't been done that often you know so they they had a good season I suppose in the end They seem to finish uh, quite strong and they were playing good football I know they were getting hammered against Arsenal but they were trying to play out from the back yeah. and I really I've noticed that in League of Ireland as a casual observer even I was watching uh, Dundalk just on TV against uh, it was I think it was Waterford that it might have been Waterford they won about 9 nil or 13 nil or something like that oh at Lone at yeah, the, yeah it was 11 nil 11 yeah. nil and yeah and to be fair like at Lone actually probably tried to play out that's that, what I was going to say tried yeah. to play yeah, tried to play good football when Maybe if they were trying just to keep the score down, it might have only ended four or five nil. But you look look at the, their manager. Obviously, has a a style of play that he wants to play. And you know, to be fair, most of the teams in the league do play nice football or do try and play nice football. Now, obviously, they're not the same level as like watching a, like a Man City or a Barcelona or whoever else. You know. Uh, plays out from the back in that kind of style but they definitely still try and like it does make for entertaining games especially in the Premier Division it's like they're trying to do the right things like that's really satisfying to see that as least least there's a purpose to it it's not just aimless kind of long ball hope for the best type of football I just want I just think like the casual listener will be kind of uh, more familiar with Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk and they're kind of aware of the football they're playing and it's it it is really good it's um very attractive short passing uh, football um but are, are there any other teams to that, that are playing like to watch out for in particular playing that brand of football or is it or is it the whole league that's playing that brand of football at the moment or yeah i think like most teams do definitely try and play out i think obviously like rovers especially this season played the nicest football balls do as well they kind of play a little bit more of a quicker they've kind of quick wingers and get the ball forward a little bit quicker but 
they play like their matches are usually exciting too actually I, I've only seen them maybe twice or three times this year but my brother's team Longford they always try and play as well and uh in the game they played UCD in the kind of semi-final of the playoffs and UCD have always played really nice football no matter what the team are no matter who they're playing against their style rarely changes and they kind of have an astroturf pitch up in UCD that didn't they? It's kind of a different type of pitch. I don't know if they had them before. That. Now they 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 have a grass one at the moment. The UCD ball is definitely a grass one now. But uh, yeah, like they always try and play football though. And like actually, that match itself was like I, I hated watching the matches on you know the, without the fans and like even in the Premier League. But that match obviously had no fans and it was one of the the highlights of the kind of lockdown era, if you want. Uh, it, uh, for me, just watching the match like UCD or Longford end up winning three two with a, with a late goal, really well taken goal, and you know it was a really enjoyable match because both teams like tried to play out and they p- tried to play through the thirds and and that sort of thing. So it's great, you know. To I see think, it, yeah. yeah, it is, and th- I think there is great depth in the league for for teams that you know do try and play. It's amazing the the cultural shift. I like that all teams are now trying this, and like. If you went back maybe five or ten years ago in the League of Ireland, from what I could see, uh, they weren't trying this. And that's why I, w- I wouldn't have been as uh, motivated to watch League of Ireland. But now I, I'm just, it's a bit like uh, OTT wrestling. Um, I, I went with trainer to local Irish wrestling. And it's actually the, the local field, the, the moves are really good. And they're trying to do all the right things. And that's what League of Ireland seems to have moved towards from just yeah, from de- someone looking at the outside it definitely has yeah. and I think maybe it's that's the, the kind of the age of the league has come down a little bit and you know I suppose the, the coaching in Ireland has improved as well um, that all the players are capable of playing out from the back whereas maybe even 10 or 15 years ago there was more kind of like senior pros in teams oh, that gosh. you know they just wanted to win you yeah. know what I mean and yeah. look at there's definitely room for those type of players in the game as well obviously like if you ever listen to Damien Duff on like RTE he always talks about like the dark arts of the game and things like that and like you kind of do need that maybe getting if once you go up the levels but I'd say the amount of those players in the league is much less than it was 10 or 15 years ago there's much less kind of senior pros and more kind of lads learning the game and wanting to play and you know wanting to get you know to go forward in the game you know so I think that's definitely helped like the style of play yeah because I think it's it's natural that the, the game changes as like the senior pros like are going to share their experience of what they learned growing up yeah. but when it changes so rapidly and especially with League of Ireland it's it's really went from long ball without much tactics to a lot of lot of highly tactical highly kind of skillful players and, and tactical managers as well so it's they're, the senior pros need to <laughs> I don't know. Step <laughs> off the stage. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's definitely it definitely has, and I like I suppose the, the the managers and the coaches they deserve credit as well because you know they're obviously coaching players to play in that way, and they want the their teams kind of to mirror their own philosophies rather than just to be a case of maybe you just want to win or you just want to get into Europe or whatever it was, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. Now, obviously, it's still very competitive at the top, and the likes of I suppose. Rovers Dundalk and that like they really they they need to win to you know to justify the budgets that they have there as well but I think there's definitely 
like uh, an onus on the player development development rather than just a kind of win at all costs uh, kind of attitude yeah and it makes people like me much more likely to watch it and that makes the, the league have a better chance of growing I think over the long term and I and I think um, I was going to make another point there about yeah identity like like for me I am a casual Man United fan but I could never really I could never really fully commit to an English team because it wasn't it wasn't my local team um, and I feel like I could with Man United for a long time with the, the, the Alex Ferguson era and you had Roy Keane, you had Dennis Irwin and then you had the class of 92 and it was a continuous, it was like a le, like a team that was the same for let's say about 10 years and it was a real identity to it. I feel like just for myself, like watching the Premier League with all of the teams, like the, the players are moving around so much, there's so much money in it, there's, there isn't as many local players from the local areas over there that it's kind of lost a bit of the identity of each individual club. So that's making me actually much more interested in the, the League of Ireland. And, and I know you follow uh, Premier League, Man United, you're a big fan, and the League of Ireland. How Did you ever think in that way? That, that Yeah, like uh, definitely. And I think you said it there. Like I think money is the big thing that kind of has spoiled that kind of affinity that you might have with a club. And like... The, the the only team that I really follow is Man United and like I would actually love to feel the same way about a League of Ireland team than I do Man United but I just don't now I love going to matches on a Friday and like every Friday when I can I'll go to matches but it's not that same feeling like, like I know loads of lads who follow uh, League of Ireland teams and they're the number one team like my friend Graham he his Friday night like he'll start getting a little like butterflies in his stomach because Rovers are playing, or he's he's going to he's getting off work early to go down to Waterford or to Cork to follow them, and I'd actually love that that because like the in the League of Ireland you do have that affinity with the club, and like the club really relies on the fans, whereas. If I stopped going to to watch Manchester United tomorrow and said I'd never go again, well, there's millions of people who are going to take my place in the ground. Do you know what I mean? Whereas the likes of Graham and loads of other people that I know who follow League of Ireland teams, if he stops going, well, there might not be people to take his place from going. You know what I mean? So the clubs really do rely on kind of each fan. And I think, especially over the last kind of five years, there's much more of a, like, uh, I suppose, a relationship between the fans in the League of Ireland and the club itself. Like, um, if you look at Bowes especially, um, they've done loads in the community over the last kind of five five years. And they've kind of built the club now whereas, where... Like obviously they've been quite successful over the last couple of years. Now they haven't won trophies, but they've been in the top three for the last two years. But like their attendances now are much more consistent than they were even when they were winning leagues. Do you know what I mean? Like they, I think the people kind of in Fibsborough and the surrounding areas feel as though they they belong to the club. You know, and um, it's not even like say for instance if they were to finish mid table next year, I would I would imagine that their attendances are going to be pretty similar to what they were this year when they they finished second you know so yeah there's a real loyal fan base and a local fan base exactly and i think with the uh just to use a terrible expression but foreign football um the uh just because the the managers are changing all the time the the owners of the clubs are not local to that club that the players are, are changing all the time 
it's I, I, I wonder will more and more people go back to the League of Ireland um but but uh, the other point I wanted to ask you though uh, on that Ross is uh, yeah wh- what was it that do you think that made you not choose a team that because I found that interesting like you, yeah you've supported League of Ireland for like your whole life but yeah <laughs> you never chose one team so that, that's yeah interesting. I suppose it is like growing up I would have always went to see Shelburne like they were my granddad's team and my uncle's team and every second Friday growing up um I would have been in Talca Park following Shells now I never even at that stage would have said I was a Shell supporter but like I suppose I was because I was going to the matches. I was cheering when they scored. Like you know, I was. You, <laughs> you know, didn't realize I, pro- it. Yeah, exactly. That's probably the the right way to describe it. I didn't realize I was. Then, um, when I was maybe twelve or thirteen, then my dad got involved in Bray, so my allegiance kind of changed to Bray. Now my my granddad, my uncle, kept going to Shells because they were Shells fans. But because my dad was involved in Bray. I kind of got much more interest in Bray and went to their their matches as often as I could. Now I actually would say I was a Bray fan at that point, um, you know, because uh, like I was going every week and that sort of thing. I had a scarf. I think that's the that's the key. If you have <laughs> a scarf, you're definitely a, it was the a, a same supporter. thing again. You, you didn't quite realize you were you were act, you were behaving exactly <laughs> like a fan, but you didn't, yeah, exactly. You didn't fully admitted it. Um, but then I suppose like all the way. To, through that situation or that kind of uh, period like we were always Manchester United fans in our house that was they were who my dad followed and um, I was at the 1990 FA Cup final when I was four now I don't really remember much about it but I, I was there as well so I'm told anyway um, but yeah like and like all the kind of big events then that United through the 90s they were obviously very successful and into the 2000s and uh, I started obviously going to more games in in Manchester and that and you know kind of that that love for going kind of like it, it overtook the way I felt about I suppose shells and Bray and um, like I suppose as well when I was obviously seventeen or eighteen, I signed for Bray and I was kind of close to being a Bray first team player. Or I was in first team squads and like played a couple of matches and that. But I suppose after leaving Bray, it, I I wouldn't say I had a sour kind of feeling about it, but. I just it just didn't feel the same way anymore. Like I, I didn't feel like I was a fan of the club anymore. Um I probably stopped going to matches for a couple of years, but then just decided, you know, I miss going to matches and like I'd go and I'd watch whatever like basically now what I would do is whatever I think is the best match on the weekend and it's close enough to drive to that's the match that I'll go to like if that's Rovers against Pats well then I'll go to that if it's Shells against Bowes I'll go to that you know I, I don't feel as though I have any loyalty to one in particular team now more just that I just like going to matches and I'll try and go to whatever I think is going to be the the most interesting match on the weekend that's really interesting and I might we might have a, a Ross Ambra career special I might ask you about Bray <laughs> your your yeah. story there another time uh, I, I can actually ident- identify with what you're saying there 
about not sort of feeling the same way about a club because I, I played Gaelic football at a reasonably high level for for Kilmacud, Crokes, and I was just kind of sniffing around the the senior one and the the second team anyway, and it it didn't work out for me in terms of getting onto those teams, and I just I wanted a break from the club after that. I didn't want to yeah. to go back there or talk to the lads or. I just wanted. To, I was like Eric Cantona, <laughs> just like move on, do do art or Go something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, we'll come back to that. And uh, yeah, so oh yeah, and also it's interesting that like with with the Premier League, you kind of it's the actual exact opposite. You pref- you seem to follow Man United and not don't care about uh, the other teams or or don't take an interest in the other teams as much. Which is not a judgment. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, no, I'm not no, saying right, that's like, right or wrong, but yeah. No, but de- definitely, like, obviously, I would watch some of the matches that are on now. Literally, every match is on every weekend. Um, But, like, I would watch a lot of them, but obviously, there's no, I would have no kind of, like, as far as I'm concerned, it's Man United for me, and I hate all the other 19 <laughs> teams, to be honest with you. I Fair don't have any kind of feeling. The yeah. only thing, I suppose, would be is if Irish players are playing for that team, you kind of keep an eye. And, like, I know Robbie Brady scored last week for, for Burnley. Like, things like that, I'd be like, oh, I'm glad he scored, you know. But other than that, no, there'd be nothing. That, there'd be no kind of uh, loyalty to, towards the league or anything like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. And yeah, that, that that's a nice segue onto the, the Premier League, actually. Uh, I have to be honest, I was very busy doing other stuff over the weekend and I didn't watch many matches at all, just watched yeah. some of the highlights. So uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't know what to say, but I, I just a question based on what I read from the Manchester Derby. Because you're a big Man United fan, I'll just ask you about that. Um, Manchester Derby, it seemed like, from what I read, and I didn't see any of it, but I read that it was very boring and United played a very reserved game and very conservative and City did the same. I like I actually tweeted after the match that I hated every second of the match and that is still the way I felt about it. It was just... Both teams, I I think um, City a little bit less than United... um, just were there not to lose. United definitely were happy with a draw. I thought City had two two really good chances maybe to win it. Um but other than that they didn't do an awful lot and like from my point of view, I think the league is really up for grabs this year. If you look at like Liverpool, as much as it kills me to say it, are the standout team still and you know, they're joint top of the league at the moment and they've they're without their most important player. Uh, in Van Dyke, and they've had multiple other kind of injuries for different lengths of time and they're still up there and I I think it's a really great opportunity for some team to actually put a run together and get into a great a good situation like if you look at this weekend Spurs I think drew Chelsea were beaten um, United and City obviously drew and Liverpool drew so all the kind of teams that you'd expect to be there thereabouts all drop points and I was very disappointed that United didn't try and win the game even the last 15 or 20 minutes uh, now they didn't have an awful lot to come off the bench I think Cavani's injured and uh, there's a few other kind of niggles um, that they didn't come on I would have brought on Van de Beek maybe to for something something different to to try and you know unlock the door that sort of thing but like if United had to won the game or tried to win the game obviously they would have had two more points and if they won their game in hand then they would have been level with the teams at the top which is actually unbelievable when you consider how poorly they've played in 
the most part of a, a lot of the matches. It's, it's a strange one, United. They, I'm just looking at the table here. They've won four of their last five games, and they won four and, and drawn one of their last five games. Um, and then, in, like midweek in Champions League, having all this like pretty bad performances and, and going out of the Champions League as well. So it's been very, very inconsistent, hasn't it? Which really United. inconsistent, and uh, like that's why, like it kind of it, it annoyed me. Like I think they're in eighth position at the moment, but they're only five. I think it's five behind Spurs who are top with a game in hand, and you know, like. If you want to finish top four, well then that's fine. Uh, a draw at home to City is quite a good result, and as as you said, it was a bad performance during the week and got knocked out of Champions League. So I suppose the club is on a bit of a downer in that situation. But I just feel this season in particular, it's a great opportunity for someone to go and and kind of take the league by the stru- the scruff of the neck and go and win it now. I'm not tipping United to win the league or anything like that, but I'm just saying that the league is so open. There's only 11 or 12 games gone. None of the teams are standing out. Like I think this time last year, Liverpool had won 11 of their first 12 games and drawn the other one. And then it's kind so, of over at that stage, isn't it? When exactly. The team it, goes it, yeah. it was. It was literally over after 12 games last year. They were never going to get caught. Um, but this year, there's kind of maybe seven or eight teams within five points of each other. And, you know, turning those draws into wins might be the difference between putting a title run together or a title challenge together and finishing fourth. Now, I think if you asked Solskjaer um, if if he could take fourth place now, I think he probably would take it. But I just feel that this season in particular, it's an opportunity for... Maybe a team that hasn't been very consistent or isn't well fancied to go and challenge to win the league. Now, I am hoping, for, obviously, from a United point of view, that that's going to be United. Now, it could be someone like Leicester. I'm looking at the league. It could be Southampton or someone like that. Do you know what I mean? But, That'd be great if Southampton won it just randomly. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I really think there is an opportunity there for someone, you know, to put... If you put, like, six or seven wins together out of eight matches, you put yourself in a great situation to actually go and have a title challenge rather than the kind of inconsistency that they've shown over the first 10 or 11 games, you know? Yeah, yeah, I suppose they... They could have really made a statement against Man City, and they kind of needed the boost, I think. Yeah, just, that's exactly what I mean, yeah. Yeah, just looking at it here, Man City are in ninth, they're on 19 points, and they're six off Spurs in, in first place, who have 25 points. And Man, Man City also have a game in hand as well, so there's there'll be, be a lot of movement over the next few weeks. Um, Leicester and Southampton, even Leicester are looking pretty good, like they seem to have a good system. Um, yeah, just very fast. And Rogers has done a great job there. To be fair to him, um, the he has them playing nice football now. I think the if I, I looked at the fixtures, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> they they have some tough fixtures coming up. I think they've they've Everton, Spurs, and United. Their next three or three of the next four or something like that. So, kind of you might find out more about them after those three matches to see you know where they're going to be, but. Like they are, they're flying as well, and like even I, I think I remember West Ham beating them three nil or three nil at home. I think they beat them earlier on the season. So even they're kind of quite inconsistent, you know. Yeah, and uh, it's funny you mentioned West Ham. They're in sixth, uh, same number of points as as United, and uh, I just think it's interesting that 
the, like David Moyes' tactics seem to be uh, forward thinking now. It's kind of like yeah. his crossing and all that. I, I don't like I, I don't associate him with being a master tactician, but his kind of high energy, high press, get it out wide, get it into the box actually seems to be working. Yeah, and to be fair to him, like I, I think the United job could have nearly ruined his career. I think it was it was too big a club for the manager that he is, and that's not a criticism of him, but. He's definitely done a very good job at West Ham in the in both spells that he's had there, and you know, like they're sixth in the league at the moment. So you know, he's obviously doing something right there, and he he's actually he he is a very good manager for that kind of that level. You know, the kind of below sixth, the sixth to maybe fourteenth kind of bracket. I think he's a very competent manager, you know? Yeah, and if you compare him to like the amount of praise Bielsa has gotten this season, Leeds are now in 14th. Yeah, yeah that's true. Now, I don't want to say too much about Leeds because uh, United are playing them on Sunday. And, <laughs> yeah, but, you, don't, you don't want it pinned up on their dressing room. Much yeah, exactly. <laughs> because I know loads of Leeds fans and I know that if they listen to this and I, I, I say that they're in a relegation fight, which I actually believe they are, um, <laughs> On come Sunday evening, minus five goal difference words, as know? well for Leeds. By the way, it's yeah, like the the thing about Leeds, like they're they're so good to watch. Like like you'd rarely watch a bad Leeds match. Just the way they play, it's all high energy. It's all pressing. You know, um, they're really good to watch. And like I actually remember Bielsa's Athletic Bilbao team playing United in the Europa League. This and this was a this was a good United team. This isn't United. I think Ferguson was the manager and all, and <laughs> he just seemed them. confused by it. Remember? Yeah, <laughs> they, they beat them three two and all. Yeah. Trafford, I think it was, and they absolutely battered United that night. And like it was one of the most comprehensive kind of away performances that I'd ever seen at that point, you know. And I think they beat them fairly easily in the away leg as well. I seen their tactics did. were miles ahead of United at that time. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. like a different sport they were playing and you know, obviously Bielsa is an amazing manager and he he's a very humble man by the by by the sounds of his interviews and kind of like the stories that people tell about him. But as you said there like David Moyes has a lot more points on the board than him this season, you know, and playing completely different style of football. He was the so Messiah it's... all along, David Moyes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the cho- <laughs> the chosen one. That's yeah. what they they call him. Great. Okay, so when is that Man United Leeds match? Uh, I think that's Sunday evening. There's, there's, there's midweek fixtures this week now. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but then um, yeah, Sunday is is United Leeds, which again, I, they're they're talking that possibly Manchester will come out at tier three so there'll be two thousand fans at that so it'd be nice to nice to see fans back in Old Trafford again, you know, especially for for the Leeds game, you know, it's I think it's sixteen years since United played Leeds in the league. So it it'd be great to have that like that that's a massive rivalry as well. Like it, it's it's nearly it's it's definitely a bigger game in my opinion than the City game. Um, just in terms of the hatred between the the two clubs, you know. So it'd be nice to get a couple of thousand fans in for that. Very good. And uh, just finally, uh, the I think the main match for the midweek will be Liverpool versus Spurs. That looks like a great match. Uh, yeah, Wednesday. that that would be a good one. And again, like I can just imagine Mourinho will will have his team set up, you know, to frustrate Liverpool and. The fact that Liverpool are are missing a couple of players and maybe aren't in great form, it wouldn't surprise me to see to see Spurs win that one. You know. Yeah, 
yeah, they could well do. I think Jose is looking very smug at the moment. So uh, he's uh, he knows more than the rest of us probably uh, or something <laughs> anyway uh we'll wrap it up there ross if that's okay thanks thanks a million for for coming on again to feckin football i really enjoyed that again yeah no problem i enjoyed it as well anytime i'm always here and we will have the ross amber career special <laughs> <laughs> what went wrong at bray wanderers <laughs> <laughs> we might need more than a half an hour for that <laughs> brilliant great stuff okay thanks a million ross and we'll, we'll chat again soon thanks to me cheers cheers